you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Hello, it's Teresa, co-host of the Earrings Off podcast. Today we are talking about clutter and the effects clutter can have on our lives. Our guest is Connie Graff. Connie is a certified expert in finance and accounting and a certified clutter clearing practitioner. Connie's motto about clutter is clearing clutter is self-love and a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. Listen in as I put myself out there from the jump and learn that I might need to look within to discover why my home office desk is often filled with clutter. This is another good one, y'all. Stay tuned. Well, hello, Connie, and welcome to the Earrings Off podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, very yeah. exciting. So um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today because you know what? It really hits home with me because I'm, you don't, you wouldn't want to see my desk right now. <laughs> it's, it's full of clutter, but I want you to talk a little bit about what is clutter? Yeah, how long do you have time? <laughs> because clutter <laughs> is so much more than most people think. Yeah. So most yeah. people think of all the things that are on your desk that's right. being clutter. Yeah. But it 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 goes further. It's like it, I often say is like it starts in the head and it ends in the head. The reason why you have physical clutter, which is what you have on your desk, is oftentimes because we have some kind of a mental blockage or clutter or a mental belief that keeps us kind of like accumulating uh, things. Mm -hmm. And it, it, so it goes much further um, than just the physical stuff. But in, in general, it's just anything that is too much that doesn't belong there. <laughs> that is um, that you're not like when we're talking about the desk, because there are some uh, distinctions between just the regular household clutter or like what you have on your desk. And when we're talking about the desk, in my opinion, anything is clutter on your desk that you are not working on right now. Okay. And it's just a distraction and you may not consciously feel it, but it pulls you away. It distracts you. It keeps you unfocused in a way you could be way more focused and there is a belief behind it why you have all these things on your desk and this is why i say it all starts in the head but yeah so clutter is just it's kind of like um limiting beliefs about certain things that then manifest outside as physical clutter or on your computer if we talk business or um like digital life on your computer it, mm. it can create clutter as a result it creates more mental clutter in our head it creates afterwards some emotional clutter where we start beating ourselves up and <laughs> whatnot you know oh, so that's goodness. what i'm saying it's like 
it's a it's a beast yeah you, you so yeah. You're, you're talking about those hundreds of unopened emails yeah when you talk yeah. about digital clutter wow Never yeah hundreds hundreds is kind of like the norm i think now i've seen people with thousands of unopened emails on yeah. their phone yeah and they all say oh no i'm fine this doesn't bother me yeah. they may think that <laughs> but okay. unconsciously it will bother them yeah mm-hmm. so. and kind of i think you touched on this a little bit about why clutter is a problem so can you talk a little bit more about that the impact of clutter yeah so i want to say first i'm not a doctor but they do have a lot of studies that um that prove that clutter stresses us out and now we all heard about what stress does to our body. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, um, it's also way more than we think, just like clutter, the stress, um, it makes us snappy, it makes us short, it has a, an, an impact on our relationships, but it also has an impact on our body. We may have higher blood pressure, we may have other health risks, um, like heart disease, and they can link clutter and stress and physical diseases that are not just minor but like major they can connect those in the studies so i don't want to scare anybody because it's like it has to be extreme like with with lots of work and burnout and everything but it definitely has a part in the whole stress that then has an impact on our body and i feel like always this is somewhere where we actually have an easy um access to do something ourselves like life is very stressful sometimes business is stressful Mm -hmm. the environment like politics is stressful life the world is stressful um and the clutter in our life is something that we would have control over to reduce to actually reduce our stress levels, at least at home and in the office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that that just makes me think about um, those people. You see those, those shows on TV where they're, they're hoarders. uh, hoarders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What must be going on with them and, and, you know, wow. Yeah. Can I, can I say something real quick to that? I just want to say that there's only about 2% of the population are real hoarders. It's actually an official um, recognized health issue. There's only about 2% of them. We use the word hoarder sometimes kind of like loosely. So we say, oh, I'm such a hoarder, I do. And it's not right because there's literally not that many people. They can't even throw out garbage. Yeah. Not that way. And let's be all grateful that we're not that way because that is a way bigger problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. What does living and working clutter free mean? Yeah, so I feel that is kind of like where where I f- find we need to start. Before we just willy-nilly start to try to declutter, we need to try to find out what would um, living a decluttered life or a clutter-free life feel like or be like. And that is very individual for every person. And it depends on what stage of life you're in as well. It looks different for a family with small toddlers than to somebody who is single or somebody who 
the, the kids are off to college already. So that's where we kind of start. And then uh, living a clutter-free life means that a you the things you surround yourself with have meaning in the stage of life you are and you're using it. And it's not like oftentimes when you find people with clutter in their home, it has nothing to do with where, where they are right now. This is stuff that they were interested in 10 years ago, five years ago. They never bothered getting rid of it. It's still there because maybe one day I will still do it or actually wanted to, I wanna do this. This is something I wanna do. And I'm like, okay, how long you wanna do it already? Well, for probably the last 15 years or so. So this is kind of what I'm meaning. The living a clutter-free life doesn't mean we have no items in our life or we have nothing in our life. It means that what is in our life is actually what, what we're needing right now to do what we love to do. It's like, it's a balance. No, right. there are some people that go extreme and they live with less than a hundred items, but that's not for everybody. That's for the extreme people, right? then most of us, we want to have the things in our life that we can live our life the way we want, but not too much. So if we, because the minute we have too much, it starts to weigh us down. And that is kind of, and this is different for anybody. Right. Like, so it really depends then in what stage of life you are. And I just always say like, think about it and look around is what you have you surrounded with in your home, for example, or in your, you can use the, the desk to the business. Is it what you're working on right now? Is it what is of importance in your life right now? Or is it from 10 years ago, five years ago in the business, it might not be that old, but is it really what you're working on right now like on right. your desk? So right. this mm -hmm. is what I mean. And then it also doesn't help to just put it away, stack it away in the garage or anything, because it's still in your life, right? Because right. it's still weighing on you. So it's a healthy cycle of acquiring things, using them, letting them go when you don't need them anymore, constantly, constantly. And while we evolve, have new interests, new business projects, new life stages, just that way, the things we surround ourselves with have to evolve with us. And so that's how you live a clutter-free life. It doesn't mean you have zero clutter. I don't think that is really, Yeah. I don't know, we, want, we don't want to, like that would be aiming to perfection. And we don't, I think we suffer enough from being one, for wanting to be perfect, which is often unhealthy. Yeah. So it's more about keeping it going, keeping it moving, mm -hmm. making sure that, this stuff is not just piling up and we're not really interested and we're not really using it. Okay. Yeah. So kind of, why do you say clearing clutter is a form of self-love? So a, because what we talked before is that clutter stresses us out and we have so much stress in our life already. And this is one area where we actually have it under control to reduce our stress level considerably. If you listen and, and just check out some of the studies, we can actually considerably reduce our stress levels by having um, a clutter-free home. Again, whatever that means for you when you have little children, it doesn't mean you have no toys for them, you know, so right. you have toys, but it's, and so that is one reason why, because of the health implication. The other reason is also, Oftentimes, 
people have clutter in their life and then they go, oh, I need some self-care. I go and take a bubble bath or I go and, and, and get a spa day, which is all good. It all helps. But maybe not as much as if they would create a supportive environment rather than staying in their sabotaging environment. And oftentimes we're so willing to tolerate things that actually bother us and put the that it bothers us away and try to patch it with other things rather than looking at our at, at, at our real core, what would actually make me feel better. And you hear it a lot like, oh, I can't stand this chaos, but I have no time to fix it. Mm -hmm. That is kind of like you're also dismissing yourself because you are bothered. You are stressed out by it and you're dismissing it with something that you put higher priority on that maybe is not higher priority. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice segue into um, our next question. You know, like, where, what, how do you get started? You know, what, so what are three key principles for successful decluttering, right? Yeah, so I, <laughs> I kind of came up with them um, because, and I want to just give a quick um, uh, story behind it, because most people, when they think of decluttering, they think, oh, I need I need a whole weekend. Yeah. I can't even start today. There is yeah. no way it would do anything if I start today. And right. this is actually the opposite. This keeps you stuck. This will not get you to do much or you do declutter, but then the clutter creeps back in. So this is why I came up with these three <laughs> principles. So you want to start as small as possible. So you just decide, for example, you, Teresa, decide, okay, I need to do my desk or something, right? And then maybe that might even be too much. If you really have a lot of stuff on your desk, then maybe I just do the top left corner of my desk right. or something like that. So that would be the first one. You, you, chunk, you chunk it down. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to declutter my office. What does that even mean? Where do you even start? You have no idea. So chunk it down, chunk it down. And then that might not be so much relevant in the office space, but in the home space, I always say like, start with the least emotional area because most people, like when, I, when they come to me and they say, okay, I need to declutter. What do I do with my grandmother's China? She died and, she, and I inherited it. And I'm like, okay, but this is not a beginner's decluttering issue. Right. This is where we start later. We start with the least emotional area and least personal area. So start somewhere, where you're not attached to your grandmother when you're when you're doing things. So that is the second one. And then the third one is what I said before is um, most people think they need a lot of time, which is actually not true. You're way better off. And that's also scientifically proving you're way better off if you do a little bit every single day. So one of my sayings is a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. So you oh, want to oh, do like every day a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then some days you you might be inspired or motivated to do longer. But I, I always say like you can start with five minutes. You can start with 15 minutes. You will feel the effects, maybe not on day one or two, but eventually it's like compounding interest. If if you know a little bit about finances yeah. and bank accounts, like the, the interest compounds, it's the same here. And it actually has a beneficial effect on it too, because you, when you go slower about it, you start thinking, okay, how does this end up here again? I just cleaned this last week. Why is this here again? And then you find out that it's actually you 
with maybe a habit that you don't want to do, like don't want to keep doing. And then you start tweaking your habits. And this is when the ball then gets rolling. And if you keep doing it, then you're way better off than if you're trying to spend the whole Saturday decluttering something. And then two weeks later, all your hours and energy you spend are gone and wasted because everything, all the clutter creeps back in. So these are the, so I came out with these three key principles. And that's just that if you just start doing these, like divide your area into a small, small chunk, don't think, say, just say, I'm going to declutter the whole closet or the whole desk. Start with for le- uh, something that is very um, impersonal and, or the least in, um, personal area that you can find and then do something every day. And even if you just do something five minutes a day, everybody finds five minutes yeah. just to keep the ball rolling and to, to get the momentum going. So that's, that's the three principles that I'm teaching. Honey, I have to tell you, I love those particularly point number, uh, key point number, principle number two about starting with uh, an area that's less emotional to you. Yeah. Start with your grandmother's china because then you feel defeated because you can't deal with that. So I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, so- you haven't built up your decluttering muscle right yet, right? That's like if you would start running a marathon, even yeah. though you haven't even run one yeah. kilometer or one mile yet, you know? So, but it's, of course, it's understandable because that's what the pe- what people are suffering from. Oh, I don't know what to do with this china. Mm-hmm. They fixate on that china, but that's not like as an example, but that's not the biggest issue. If they only had that China as so-called clutter, they wouldn't have a problem, right? So the problem is somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, why does clutter creep back every time after you declutter? Yeah, I I touched on this a a little bit with point number three. So because if we like you could get a professional organizer and you could get me and we could declutter your whole house, that would be possible. I could I can motivate you. I could get you to motivate you to do everything. But as long as you're not changing a your habits and your thinking around how you deal with your things, how you acquire your things, and then also how you let them go again, the clutter will creep back in. And and so it demands almost that you you go not just to the you you're not just putting a band-aid on something that you actually need to clean the wound out and actually really um make sure you can deal with the real problem and so the real problem is often not all the things you have in your house the real problem is that as an example that you feel like you don't live the life you want or or something is missing and you're, you're trying to um you're trying to buy things that you actually don't really want to make you feel better and that ends up often as clutter that is one example and mm-hmm. so by going slow and understanding what happens in you why you can't let go of things or why you acquire so many things that end up as clutter um changes your changes your behavior and changes your habits and then the clutter doesn't creep back in so it's a process i always say like decluttering is not an event it's a journey it's a it's it it um it takes a bit it's uh yeah 
yeah so if you want it lasting if you just want for the next weekend to have a clean living room we can do that in an hour or two we can just shove everything somewhere and then it looks wonderfully decluttered right if you want to have something that is for the long term like lasting then we're going slow so it's not a sprint it's a marathon is what you're saying yeah yeah. yeah and yeah. and the mar it it is i mean i like it when people say it's a, it's not a sprint it's a marathon but we want to think too is like a marathon <laughs> i've never run one but i sometimes see how people suffer through the marathon we don't necessarily need to suffer we can yeah. do a marathon by just giving us the grace to take more time who said it has to be decluttered next week right, right. let's and give ourselves some yeah. time and create lasting results rather than trying to rush through it and then the clutter creeps back in right. again self-love yeah yeah okay. yeah so you used the analogy earlier about compound and interest right so mm -hmm. what do our finances have to do with clutter yeah so I'm still looking into that. I'm pretty sure there is um, research and, and stuff too. But what I noticed, so I come originally from finance. Okay. What I notice is if somebody has a cluttered house or um, a lot of clutter, they usually have also a chaotic, chaotic finances. Usually the finances are not very well managed, let's say like that there's room for improvement so that's one area where um finances come in the other areas if we're buying things to cover up emotions that we don't want to feel because our life is not the way we want it we're actually wasting money and i put wasting in brackets um because it's just like a learning experience but we're basically spending money on something to fix something that has nothing to do with what we're spending money on so especially and and you may have heard or seen that too it's oftentimes people who are low income that also have a lot of clutter there's another component there where they don't want to let go of anything that they have already because they feel already they don't have a lot of money but it's it's um creating a counter effect because the more stuff they have the less happy they feel and then the more stuff they're buying again and maybe not even expensive stuff but just stuff that ends up like clutter the minute they bring it home so there is a lot of um finances there or when you are when you're very unorganized when your home is in chaos or your office is in chaos you may also forget paying invoices which then may end up in interest or penalties or whatnot mm -hmm. when you're a business owner and you're in chaos and you're you may not br bring your um financial papers to the accountant soon enough and then you're not paying the taxes then you have to pay penalties so it it has in, in the end so much uh, has to do with our finances or with our money and clutter does too and you will you will all of a sudden either find money when you start decluttering or you will save money automatically you also start to buy eventually because you become more aware and more intentional about what you're buying when you're going on a decluttering um, journey like I'm talking about. You will start buying higher quality things that last longer, but you, because you also thought about it longer, you're actually using them really and they're not ending up as clutter. So there is like we, we could talk three hours probably just about what the finances have to do with clutter. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So, um, Connie, thank you so much. We've actually reached um, the end of the questions, but we'd like for you to leave some parting words with our audience if you have them. But certainly we want you to share with us how folks can get in touch with you, like your website, the name of your podcast and 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 such. Yeah, thank you. So the the main message that I actually really want to emphasize is to a lot of people beat themselves up when they have clutter and it's not helpful. It just creates more clutter. So be kind to yourself again and start start small. Like go back to what I said earlier with the three principles, start small, consistent with the least emotional thing and just start and go on a journey. And if you want to learn more or you want to hear other angles, I have a podcast, like Teresa said, and it's called From Chaos to Peace with Connie. And um, you can find all the links on my hub, my website. I use it as a hub. And the website is ConnieGraf.com. And I write my name with a Y. So C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F.com. And there you find the podcast, you find blog posts, and there you can connect with me too. Very good, Connie. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.